Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Here is your host. Welcome back to Crypto Chat, hosted by Elmi and Yasser. We come together to discuss some of the more important, pertinent issues happening in the world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Welcome to this episode of Crypto Chat, and today we'll be speaking about DeFi, otherwise known as decentralized finance. I'll go through the fundamentals, and later on, we'll speak to my co-host, Mr. Yasser, who would give us more details about what's happening in the industry. With the coronavirus health crisis fast becoming an economic one of untold epic proportions, the question of money supply and creation is starting to gain traction. Millions of people around the world, furloughed from their jobs or watching factories and offices close down, are starting to ask the hard questions. How can governments suddenly print trillions of dollars out of thin air when they have to pay taxes? Why have they endured years of austerity and cutbacks, leaving their healthcare systems vulnerable? Does money really have any value to it anymore? These are some of the questions that were being asked and are being answered by decentralized finance. Decentralized finance, often called DeFi, refers to the shift from traditional centralized financial systems to peer-to-peer peer finance enabled by decentralized technologies built on the Ethereum blockchain. We'll be speaking more about the Ethereum 2.0, or otherwise known as Serenity, later on in the series. From lending and borrowing platforms to stablecoins and tokenized Bitcoin, otherwise known as BTC, the DeFi ecosystem has launched an expansive network of integrated protocols and financial instruments. Now, with over $7 billion worth of value locked in Ethereum smart contracts, decentralized finance has emerged as the most active sector in the blockchain space, with a wide range of use cases for individuals, developers, and institutions. This is a quote that was given to us by Lex Sokolin, the global fintech co-head of Consensys. This is another organization we spoke about in previous episodes. He says, quote, we are a stone throws away from the global financial industry running on a common software infrastructure. So what's really the difference between centralized and decentralized financial systems? Whereas our traditional financial systems run on centralized infrastructure, that is managed by central authorities, institutions, and intermediaries, decentralized finance is powered by code that is running on the decentralized infrastructure of the Ethereum blockchain. By deploying immutable smart contracts on Ethereum, DeFi developers can launch financial protocols and platforms that run exactly as programmed and that are available to anyone with an internet connection. Huge game changer. The breakthrough of DeFi is that crypto assets can now be put to use in ways not possible with fiat or otherwise real-world assets. Decentralized exchanges, synthetic assets, 
and flash loans are completely novel applications that can only exist on blockchains. This paradigm shift in financial infrastructure presents a number of advantages with regard to risk, trust, and opportunity. Talking of opportunities, what are the benefits of decentralized finance? Here are some of them we put together. Decentralized finance leverages principles of the Ethereum blockchain to increase financial security and transparency, unlock liquidity and growth opportunities, and support an integrated and standardized economic system. 1. Programmability Highly programmable smart contracts automate execution and enable the creation of new financial instruments and digital assets. Secondly, immutability. Tamper-proof data coordination across a blockchain's decentralized architecture increases security and audibility. Number three, interoperability. Ethereum's composable software stack ensures that DeFi protocols and applications are built to integrate and complement one another. With DeFi, developers and product teams have the ability to build on top of existing protocols, customize interfaces, and integrate third-party applications. For this reason, people often call DeFi protocols money Legos. 4. Transparency On the public Ethereum blockchain, every transaction is broadcasted to and verified by other users on the network. A point to note is Ethereum addresses are encrypted keys that are pseudo-anonymous. And this lends itself to the level of transparency around transactions and their data not only allows for rich data analysis, but also ensures that network activity is available to any user. Ethereum and the DeFi protocols running on it are also built with open source code that is available for anyone to view, audit, and build upon. 5. Permissionless Unlike traditional finance, DeFi is defined by its open, permissible access. Anyone with a crypto wallet and an internet connection, regardless of their geography, and often without any minimum amount of funds required can access DeFi applications built on Ethereum. 6. Self-Custody By using Web3 wallets like Metamask to interact with permissionless financial applications and protocols, DeFi market participants always keep custody of their assets and control of their personal data. Colin Myers, the global DeFi product strategy lead at Codify, said this, the foundations of new economies start with borrowing and lending. In 2019, the blockchain industry enabled these necessary primitives in what has become DeFi. So now, the stage is being set for decentralized finance. Some of DeFi's 
products may still be off-putting to a non-crypto user as they require take more time to learn about than using a simple Visa card. However, with the glaring advantages and continued improvement of product adoption will steadily grow nonetheless. Buying stablecoins is becoming simpler and makes infinitely more sense than leaving your fiat currency in a bank. And we can all attest to that during these turbulent times that we've just gone through in 2020. And for those who are already crypto literate, they can take out instant fiat cash loans using their crypto as collateral. Game changer. It doesn't matter what their credit score may be, they can get cash when they need it. There's no one preventing them from taking part in the system. This is especially compelling in developing countries or those with hyperinflation that may not have any available centralized solutions for getting credit. Instead of seeing their savings lose value or get wiped out entirely, they can actually earn more money on them or convert and transfer them where they're needed. And the case is equally as attractive when it comes to developed countries. Between placing your money into equities right now, leaving it in a bank, or earning a high stable return, the choice becomes obvious. The current crisis may be causing havoc across the world, but it's also serving to accelerate on already existing trends. Crypto is lowering the barrier to a retail level where people can finally achieve a real level of control over their wealth. Bringing real-world assets onto the blockchain is the ultimate goal for developers. The main focus of DeFi up until now has been onboarding retail customers. However, mirroring the situation in the entire cryptocurrency industry, adding institutional players is needed to take things to the next level. Many projects and participants in the DeFi ecosystem are currently focused on building out the infrastructure so that the institutions will come. Of course, institutions have different needs from their retail customers. Not all transactions can be public and viewable by all on a public blockchain like Ethereum. There's a need for permissioned chains and permissioned enterprise-grade blockchains that leverage the ecosystem and can interoperate with ease. This also means there's a continued need to ensure interoperability between blockchains and increased regulatory clarity that allows institutions to comply. Institutional buy-in would turn DeFi into a trillion dollar industry rather than a billion dollar one. This is where the implications become truly enormous. This would allow for bringing real-world assets onto the blockchain that will be critical for future growth. So let's imagine the transfer of trillions of US dollars, euros, Swiss francs, silver, gold onto the blockchain all being moved at the cost of a tenth of a penny with no liquidity limits and no massive intermediary freeze. Mind-blowing! 
Traditional finance may be feeling threatened right now, but it's also impossible to ignore such compelling technology, cost savings, and improvement to the legacy system. All of these benefits make DeFi an inevitable next step. So let's just jump in with my co-host, Mr. Yasser, where he can give us a bit more details what he's been up to and how the industry is shaping up to be. And just before Yasser joins us, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, Elmi. Thanks for having me. Another thing that branched out of this protocol, which is called yield farming. Okay. Yeah. Yield farming is a bit of a nerdy, nerdy thing to do. Nowadays, it's not very popular with the average job, but I think in the long run, it's going to be very, very popular. It's basically when you provide liquidity to decentralized exchanges and you actually get dividends on that. And it's pretty safe. If you're using like now dodgy pool and you've done your, your research, you know what you're doing, you can actually provide, for example, if you have like Ethereum, you have a lot of Ethereum in you or stablecoin, whatever yeah. currency, okay? And you don't want to sell that money, you know? You And you also don't want to trade it. You don't want to, you don't want to risk it's like a bond isn't it essentially it's, it's literally a bond basically but it gives you way much yeah. return, better return than like bonds and, uh, yeah of course it's popping off and it's actually solving a big big issue and decentralized exchanges because back in the day i used decentralized exchanges bro i would place a, tr- a trade it would be executed in like 12 hours <laughs> you know what i mean like that's fucking stupid um, i can't wait all this time. <laughs> imagine you wait for liquidity for 12 hours to match your order Obviously, right yeah, now no. with, the, with this new like, I'd say buzz on the DeFi space, a lot of people are providing, providing liquidity, and it's also making this market mature because it's keeping crypto money in crypto money. That makes sense, because like, exactly, it's, it's not like all the ways they don't need to like make these pump and dump in crypto like back in the day or whatever, because they can keep it in DeFi protocols and get a lot of money as as return of value. Okay. So it's very, very, very good for the general technology of, of crypto and, and like the infrastructure of it. We're like the kids market, but now we're getting into like that teenage stage, let's say. Uh, that's why um, I was I was telling you this like a year. Oh my God, 2020, one year, one only year. Now look back at it, that looks, that seems to me like 10 years, dude. Like all this shit that happened. Exactly, no, no, it literally is. Uh, the, the fact that the market and the ecosystem is maturing so fast, because when we last spoke about it in one of the last podcasts, we were talking about some of the challenges that are faced by users of the blockchain and cryptocurrency markets. And some of them was, you know, these not being able to have a lot of liquidity within the space, not having enough um, options so that you can include more people and, and gain that, you know, mass adoption. And so we talked about this, we also talked about Centralized exchanges. We even hosted hosted a decentralized exchange that's called Resistance. We hosted a high protocol. High protocol is actually doing pretty good. Recently, They're really doing well. I'm still believing in the project. But overall, the decentralized exchanges was actually like an idea that I've always was talking about for the future. Saying crypto is not going to make sense with with centralized exchanges because at some point we're going to have a hack. Okay, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm always happens there's no system that's safe 100 and whenever we get a, whenever we get a hack especially like on these big big exchanges like binance for example if we do get a hack on there which we had before it will cause a big dump of bitcoin it will cause a fud Bitcoin got hacked when really and truly bitcoin can't be hacked blockchain can't be hacked but websites mm-hmm. all these 
Bitcoin can be hacked. So holding your money onto those websites and, and using them to trade crypto is actually like um, it's gonna be like sort of like dying with time, I'd say. And the new yeah. thing, the crypto space is gonna be using decentralized exchanges because it's very user friendly. You pay less fees and you hold your tokens uh, on your laptop. You're actually responsible for your tokens because you hold the, the keys for them. And that's actually serious yeah. because once again, this is another like infrastructure foundation for the mass adoption because mass, mass adoption is not going to happen with what we had in like 2016, 2017 and 2018. Now, 2019 and 2020 um, are very, very safe. Like a lot of uh, infrastructure uh, stages went through the crypto space. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And from us here at Crypto Chat, we'd like to wish you a wonderful week and don't forget to tune in next week for another informative and incredible episode of Crypto Chat. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Crypto, Crypto Chat. Chat.